He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Great is his faithfulness. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 this morning. We are working on memorizing a passage of Scripture out of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. And verse 3 of 2 Peter chapter 1 tells us that he's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let's read these verses together, quote them together. I trust that by now you're starting to commit them to your memory. You're starting to hide them in your hearts. And I trust that they are becoming familiar to you so that you can live them out through your lives. We'll start with the reference. 2 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 9 is where we are. We're going to eventually get to verse 11 at the end of next month. But this morning, 2 Peter chapter 1 3 through 9. We'll start with that, then we'll read the verses together. Here we go. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former lust. That passage of Scripture, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9, talks about adding, adding to our faith, growing maturing, developing, becoming the kind of people that God wants us to be. In 2 Peter chapter 3, we are told how we are supposed to grow. Verse 18 says this, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we grow, we need to be growing in grace. Now, what is grace? Sometimes we use an acrostic. G-R-A-C-E. And you know that that acrostic talks about God's riches at Christ's expense. And certainly the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present age, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. But grace is more than God. Grace is God giving to us what we do not deserve. And we see that in our salvation, right? For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. None of us deserve a personal relationship with God. And the only way we can get that personal relationship with God is to believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and be born again into the family of God. If you're here this morning and you have never trusted Christ as personal Savior, You need to do that. 
because it's not about what you do other than trusting Christ. It's all about what Christ has done. As he went to the cross, that's Easter, right? Shed his precious blood in payment for our sins, was buried, rose again the third day because he validated the statement that he is indeed the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in him should not see death, but are passed from death unto life. So we look at God giving us what we do not deserve in our salvation. We also see God giving to us what we do not deserve in our service. We serve by the grace of God. We don't do it because of the talents that we have. Aren't you thankful for our musicians this morning? Amen? I am so grateful for the talents that God has given to these folks who minister to us in so many ways. Did you enjoy the violin, Jackie? Thank you very, very much. What a great addition that was. But it was God's grace that allowed Jackie to minister to us this morning. And it was God's grace that used that ministry in your life and in your heart. That's what service is all about. It's also God's grace when we talk about security, right? We are secure in that fact that one day God is going to send his son to take us home. And that where he is, there we may be also. And that's all about the grace of God evidenced in our lives. And it's also about our sanctification. Right? That's what 2 Peter 3.18 is. The sanctification stuff. Growing in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that grace is found in God's love. Have you thought about love recently? Love directed upward is worship. Amen? We worship our God, and we direct our love to him. We are to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our minds. Amen? Love directed outward is affection. How many of you got your hug this morning? June, I know you got yours because I gave it to you. Every morning, Sunday morning, when June comes in, and, and if we're passing each other, she says, do I get my hug? You got your hug this morning, didn't you, June? That's affection. All right? So love outward is affection. Love downward is grace. Love upward worship, love outward is affection, love downward is grace, and God reached down to us with his grace. We are to grow in grace, understanding that that grace is to be lived out in our lives. But not only are we to grow in grace, we're also to grow in knowledge. Have you thought about knowledge recently? Stay. Have you, have you thought about what knowledge is all about? Knowledge is understanding, right? It has to do with the intellect. It has to do with a recognition of facts. Knowledge is certainly understanding, but it, knowledge is also maturity. As we grow in knowledge, we are supposed to grow up in him. We're supposed to know more about him. We're supposed to mature. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Why? Because I was growing in knowledge. I do stupid things all the time. 
I thought I might get an amen out of that. Where's, where's my Connie? I, I thought that she would give me. There she is over there. I hadn't found you yet today. Oh, she just zipped her lip. Thank you very, very much. But as stupid as things I do now, you should have seen me as a kid. Tommy, can you imagine me as a kid? You know why? Because you was one just like me. <laughs> and growing in knowledge has the idea of maturing, developing, putting away some childish things. And growing in knowledge is also confidence, right? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Amen? That's confidence. So, as we grow, we grow in grace and we grow in knowledge. Now, let's look at this passage this morning. 2 Peter chapter 3, I want to read verse 14, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 17 and 18. We started this message a couple of weeks ago, all right? So, we're going to move pretty quickly through the first point. Therefore, beloved... Verse 14, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish. Verse 17, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. As we talk about growth, we understand that it begins with gaining a perspective. And the perspective that's given to us is that Jesus is coming again. We are to keep our eyes on the prize. And the prize is one day we will absence our body and be present with our Lord. And that's exactly what Les Gandy did last Thursday afternoon. He had wanted to go home for a long, long time. He had been asking, why am I still here? And last Thursday afternoon, Les discovered the prize, a prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You and I, as we grow, and as we work on growth in our lives, must begin with the right perspective, and the perspective is not that we're here and doing everything we can do to stay here. The perspective is that Jesus is coming again. And that is evidenced throughout Second Peter chapter 3. But not only do we gain the right perspective, we must recognize our own needs. Now, as I read this passage of Scripture, Did you see the personal pronouns? There are four of them that are specific, and there are five of them that are implied. Look with me at verse 14. Therefore, beloved, since you, that's the personal pronoun we're looking for, all right? Since you are waiting for these, you be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Four times, personal pronouns. Jump down to verse 17. You, there it is again, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. All right, there we go. 
Four times in verse 14, four times in verse 17, and then in verse 18, but you grow. Four specific, you, yours, and five implied times, which means that we are responsible, and we must recognize that each one of us must develop the character of Christ within us. You know, it's easy to look around and see the needs of other people. It's easy to see how others must develop the character of Christ in their lives. But if growth is going to take place, you and I personally must recognize our responsibility for growth. I can't grow for you and you cannot grow for me. Now, that's just logical, right? But the action steps are the steps that we really need to look at. And we need to be intentional. We need to take the offensive if we are going to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. Let's go back and look at these action steps. Verse 14. Since you are waiting... You be diligent. You be diligent. The word diligence is an interesting word. It has the idea of with all speed and haste, make it your business. This is your goal and responsibility. You can't put it off. I like lists. And I like to be able to check things off as I work through my day. Do you do that? keeps me on track, and it helps me understand exactly what the big picture is. Well, it's real easy to sit at my desk and play solitaire. Do you have that game on your computer? And I can waste a lot of time with solitaire. You may waste a lot of time with Facebook. I don't know. But if you and I are to have growth in our lives, we must with all speed and haste be diligent. Because it's important stuff. It has to do with our spiritual health. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Not only be diligent, but be found. Do you see it there? Be diligent, you to be found. Get, obtain, found how? Found without spot or without blemish. And you be at peace. Those are the action steps in verse 14, right? Diligence, found without spot and blemish, be at peace. Paul writing to Timothy said, as much as liveth within you, be at peace with all others. Jump down to verse 17, will you please? You therefore, beloved, knowing. What do you know? You know this beforehand. You understand. You're not ignorant. You recognize this. You're now responsible for this information that you take care. 
that you beware, that you watch out, on guard, set boundaries. It's a military term. We'll talk about that in a minute. But not only that you take care, take care of what? That you be not carried away, swept away. Who wrote First, Second Peter? This is not a trick question. Peter, right? What was Peter's vocation? He was a fisherman. Where do fishermen fish? On the water. All right. We got all this? Sometimes there are storms on the water. And every once in a while, somebody who's in the boat will cry, man overboard. That's the term swept away. And when we're swept away, we lose the stability because we're out of the boat. And all of a sudden, we're in peril. And unless somebody throws us a life raft or a life ring or a rope or something, we could drown. Do you remember the account of somebody who was walking on the water? Do you remember what his name was? Oh, very good. Peter, right? We're getting Peter illustrations. Why? We're in Second Peter. Okay. And he got out of the boat, right? Saw the Lord walking on the water. He said, Lord, let me come to you. The Lord said, come, right? So he got out of the boat. And he walked on the water. And what happened? He got distracted by the winds and the waves. And, and every, I would have too. And he started to sink. Now, why did that concern him? Do you think Peter couldn't swim? He was a fisherman, for goodness sake. I think he could swim. But why did that concern him? He was worried about getting swept away. Be diligent that you don't get swept away, carried away. And be diligent that you do not lose your stability, your steadfastness. Now, this is not security. This is stability. We are secure in Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus said, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I am my Father one. We have security, right? We've been born again into the family of God, and as kin in uh, his ministry this morning, said, once you've had a baby, you can't undo it. Once you've borned it somebody, there's no turning back. Hallelujah is right. But this is about stability. Being able to ride out the storms in life. You got any storms? Got any struggles? Got any challenges in your life? You can be stable, and you grow, grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These are the action points. These are the ways that you and I must take the offensive, that we must understand that we have to be intentional in our Christian 
grow in grace. Not only do we not fall from our steadfastness, but we are to be so firmly rooted as to throw out branches and yield increase and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My Connie likes to try new recipes on me. And her question after she has tried a new recipe on me and I have tasted it is usually this, shall I fix it again? That's a legitimate question. Now she gets her recipes from all kinds of different places. She gets them from cookbooks. She gets them from the internet. She gets them from some of you folks. Thank you very much. I have enjoyed a number of recipes that you have given to my wife. Thank you. But I have never seen Connie fix something when she used no ingredients. Yeah, you're looking at me, Lori, aren't you? Huh? I have never had a meal of boiled water. Of course, water would be an ingredient, right? Now, here's the point of that silly illustration. That's this. We may, with ingredients, fix something that's tasty, right? But you got to use ingredients. You got to have these ingredients if you're going to find growth in your life. You can't grow with nothing. And you and I need to take the offense, and we need to be intentional. Now, how are we going to win this battle? How are we going to develop this, this growth? In verse 17, there are two words that I want you to note. And it says, take care. Take care. As I said earlier, it's a military term. It has the idea of setting up boundaries, watching out, being on guard, making sure that there is a perimeter. Those of you who have been in the armed forces understand that. But I think there's a simpler way to understand this. And it comes from the health arena. Take care. Take care of yourself. How are you feeling? Well, you take care. You go to a doctor so you can have some help taking care. He puts you on medication. Why? So that he can help you take care. Blood pressure, heart medication, Eating sweets. I'm still looking for that pill. But if you don't understand that you have to be diligent in taking those medications, you'll not win the battle. You'll not take care. My wife and I have AFib atrial fibrillation. That means that every once in a while our hearts beat rapidly. Mine only beats rapidly when I look at my wife. Or think about my wife. Which is 24-7 365. Stop it, Al. So I go to the doctor, all right? And he listens to my heart and it happens to be beating rapidly. He says, I know what your problem is. It's AFib. Let me give you a statin for this thing. 
said, great, doc, give me a statin. So he gives me a statin. He says, I want you to take it in the morning. I want you to take it at night. So I go home and I take this. No, Lori. No, what did he give me? Well, he gave me something. It's a little white pill. It's about like this. Boy, it's terrible to have a medical person in the <laughs> congregation. So I take it twice a day, whatever this is, thing is he gave me. You sure it's not a statin? Okay, all right. So I take it twice a day, and I get tired. I mean, it just slows me down. So I go back to him, and I say to him, Doc, I quit taking it. I was too tired. He looks at me, and he says, what's the matter with you? You want to have a stroke? Those are his words. Oh, ooh. I'd never had a stroke before. Didn't know I could have a stroke. Connie, you give me a stroke. So he and I negotiated. I only take it once a day, and I feel much better. I feel fine. If we're going to win the battle, we must take care, and we must be very diligent about developing our growth process. Because if you don't, it will affect your health, your spiritual health. And you may stroke out. And then you're in deep trouble. You know any people that have stroked out in their spiritual lives? I do. And if you and I are going to win the battle, we must understand that it's going to take some diligence. And you know, it's interesting how diligent we are with our physical lives. Right? My wife. Two o'clock every day, she has to take meds. She takes those like clockwork. Now, I ask you, are we that diligent with our spiritual lives? How about devos? How about prayer? How about witnessing? How about members? How how about about it, huh? Tell you what, if you thought you were going to stroke out, you'd get diligent. But you know, Jesus could come back today, we'd better get diligent. And we'd better win the battle. You see, winning the battle reminds us that we are in a battle. And we need to be healthy Christian living. And it's not easy. It is not easy. And Satan throws all kinds of roadblocks. Connie and I thought we had our finances pretty well straight for this year. We pulled it all together. This summer, we're planning on taking our nine-year-old grandson on a trip of his choice. Thankfully, he wants to stay in the States. And thankfully, he wants to go to Washington, D.C. So the first week of June, we're going to take him. All right, we got all this planned out. How are we going to do that? We got it all planned out. January 2nd, we're getting ready to leave, go down and visit my folks. 
Connie says to me, here, Tom, take this out and put it in the freezer, will you please? So I go out and I open the freezer door and I notice that there's some water on the floor. Now this freezer is full of half a beef. So I feel inside and the ice cream isn't as frozen as it should be. We lost very little. Praise the Lord, right? And it was a God thing that Connie had me go out and do this because we were gone for four days. We had to buy a new freezer. That was not in the budget for this year. In our Christian lives, sometimes those kinds of things are going to come along. We're going to get distracted. We're going to have to do something that we weren't prepared for. But let me tell you this. we got to stay focused because Jesus is coming again. We must work on winning the battle. So what are the goals? The goals of growth, they're given to us here. Verse 14. We're to be spotless. Amen? Given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, right? As obedient children, not fashioning ourselves according to the former lust and our ignorance, but as he who has called us is holy, so be ye holy. That's the goal, right? This is not dingy gray. This is spotless. Verse 17, we are to be stable. Amen? We, we shouldn't have these ups and downs in our Christian lives. We're to be stable. Because our God will supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? And we can trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, acknowledge him in all our ways, and see how he directs our paths. God, God will help us to be stable. And we are to be sanctified. Growing in grace. That's sanctification. Growing in knowledge. That's sanctification of our Lord Jesus. The goals. So how you doing? And what's the last part of verse 18 say? To him be the glory both now and forever. And ever. To the day of eternity. Amen. It's all about his glory. You know a good benchmark in your Christian growth is this. How much glory are you giving to God for what's happening in your life? That's a good benchmark. How are you doing with that? Whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God, right? So how you doing? That's the benchmark. Growth. Discernment. Grace. Knowledge. All growing. To be the kind of people that God wants us to be. For his honor and his glory. In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Truth. Challenge. Working. And Father, I just pray that you would help us to live out grace to gain knowledge.
kind of people that you want us to be. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.